Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whatever time of day it is you're listening. My name's Chris Sheridan. I've been covering the NBA for the better part of the past three decades, and I've teamed up with iHeartRadio to bring you a brand new podcast called Hoops and Hopes. This is our debut episode. We call it Hoops and Hopes because, A, myself and my co-hosts, Andy Roth and Jameson Welch, are big-time NBA fans. We, we kind of just love the game, and, and we love talking about it. Uh, we also like sports gambling, all three of us, and we do it in different ways. And that's where the hopes part comes in, because we hope you listen to this and say, hey, I got to tell my friends, I found this intelligent basketball podcast where these three guys got three different strategies and they talk about different ways they bet and bets they've made and and even bets they've lost and what they've learned from it. And they're all vets. And one of the guys is in Vegas. One of the guys is in Queens. And the other guy is somewhere in New York. And, you know, he, he used to be at the AP and ESPN and Sheridan Hoops. He's on iHeart now and they're sponsored by DraftKings. And we're going to do our best over the next year to bring uh, the level of discourse surrounding NBA basketball gambling to a new and better level. And with that, I want to introduce each of my co-hosts. Again, Andy Roth is a longtime sportscasting figure in New York. Andy, uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about how you go about gambling? And uh, again, you're you're betting in New York where gambling was legalized in January of 2022. Uh, as we record today, uh, heading into Martin Luther King Day, uh, slate of games for the NBA uh, after the NFL playoffs <laughs> held the day on Sunday. Um, Andy, you don't always bet in New York, though. Isn't that the case? And why is that? Well, unfortunately, New York is not allowing awards betting. So I'm a mass transit guy. I hop on the F train in Queens. I go to 23rd Street in Manhattan. I take the PATH train to Hoboken and I settle in in my office at Panera Bread. And when you talk about awards voting, New York's law does not allow voting on anything that's decided by humans. So if you're a baseball fan, you can't vote on Cy Young Award here. If you're a college football fan, no good on the Heisman Trophy. And if you're an NBA fan, you just can't bet most valuable player from within New York state lines. But you can have an account with DraftKings uh, in New Jersey, and you can go over there and and make your wagers over there if you do want to bet on futures odds. And that's Andy's specialty, futures odds. Jameson Welch is in the banking industry in Las Vegas, but every night he's at the casinos because in Nevada, they don't have online sports wagering. Uh, it's like California or Texas or Florida. Those states are just not legal yet. And whether they eventually come online or not, we don't know. But all of us keep track of the the developments in the sports gambling industry, the legalized sports gambling industry in the United States. And Jameson, as we're in January of 2023, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit by starting telling us what you're seeing in the casinos now compared to maybe what you saw and the sports books, I should say, uh, two years ago or five years ago. Man, so it's totally different now than it was when I first started betting in 2007. Uh, now, every casino has an app that they have of their own uh, that you can de- put money on, you deposit money, and you can download from your app. So you don't have to stay in the casino while you watch the action. Uh, back in the day, you literally had to carry cash to the casino, go to the sports book, and make your bets that way. Now, you can put money in a kiosk. It goes right to your betting app. You can make bets from wherever you're at as long as you're in Nevada. Um, it's way different now because 10, 15 years ago, props were a Super Bowl thing. You know, you know, that was a huge thing for Super Bowl. Props this, props that. Now, every game has dozens of props. However, in Vegas, we don't have the DraftKings and the other sites that you can parlay those. They That's not legal here. So a lot of people make the drive to Arizona once a day and put their stuff in and drive back. 
that is something that is happening on a daily basis and more people prefer that style of betting rather than the traditional betting on spreads and totals and overall awards. Yeah, I think eventually we'll have 49 different laws in 49 different states and we'll always have Utah. But as America kind of learns how to embrace sports gambling at, at various levels, this is the landscape that we're presented with. And all we can do is like help you navigate it and then tell you how we go about doing our business. We all have different strategies. Mine is called the Big Mac strategy. Any day, on any given day, I can go down the street to McDonald's and I can get a Big Mac meal and it's going to cost me 10 bucks and it's going to make me fat. And so I don't do it. And it doesn't mean that I take that $10 and wager it every day, but I wager about three or four times a week and always and only a $10 bet. That way, if I have a, a terrible week and I go, I go 0 for 5, all I've lost is $50. That's called limiting yourself and staying within your limits. And it's a big part of responsible gambling. For me, it's just like a, a good way to introduce uh, people who are new to sports gambling, a way to sort of tip their uh, toes in the water and try it. And look, DraftKings makes it easy for you. you. There's different ways to deposit. You, you, you can make a minimum deposit of $5. If you're opening a new account, um, that's a different matter. You're going to want to read the fine print and you're going to want to follow directions closely because the sports books do give away a lot of uh, great bonus offers. DraftKings is going to have a, a bonus code associated with this show called Hopes. You want to tell your friends about that as well, because we'll have different offers over the course of uh, the year based upon what's up on the board and, and what we think uh, will kind of move the needle both for iHeart and for DraftKings. Uh, we're, we're all, again, hoop heads, and we stay in touch with what's going on with the news. And uh, And so, again, this show is about helping you gamble well and gamble intelligently. And with that... Uh, it brings me to something that doesn't seem well intelligent to me. And Andy, you like futures odds. And right now, sure, the Boston Celtics have the best record in the NBA. And and they went to the NBA Finals last season. And Jason Tatum is, you know, just consistently great every single night. And Jalen Brown's a fantastic sidekick. And they were a really good team last year. And Joe Mazzula, who stepped in for Ime Odoka, you know, right, at, right before the regular season started, He's the plus 200 or two to one favorite for coach of the year, right ahead of Brooklyn's Jacques Vaughn at three to one. And of course, Jacques Vaughn took over for in Brooklyn for Steve Nash after, you know, the crazy first couple of weeks of the season. Andy, you think Joe should be the favorite? And if not, you know, who on the board do you like? No, I actually think Vaughn should be the favorite. And to tell you the truth, I missed the boat about a month ago when he was 20 to one. I actually bet Durant at 40 to one for MVP at that time. And I had the Nets to win the Atlantic division at 20 to one, but of course the Katie injury right now, I don't see a whole lot of value on the board. I know you have Mike Brown at 80 to one. That's great value right now. I know you have your eye on Thibodeau. I think two factors working against Tibbs. He won the award two years ago and the Knicks had, Nets had a Knicks had a really soft schedule first half of the season, second half of the season, the second strongest uh, strength of schedule. Yeah, as we record, heading into the Martin Luther King Day games on January 16th, 2023, Tom Thibodeau's on the board at 30 to 1, uh, which is its value if the Knicks can somehow crack the top four. I bet Mike Brown at 80 to 1 because I thought everybody was sleeping on the Sacramento Kings and, uh, and DeMontis Sabonis, who's just, he's playing point center and he's, they're so different. And nobody looks at that team ever, especially in the offseason. That's when I made the bet. I've been a voter before. I know what voters reward. They reward teams that overachieve. And the Sacramento Kings are not killing it 
by you know by regular standards, but by their standards, they have the longest postseason drought in NBA history. As we record, they're fourth in the Western Conference at 23 and 18, and they're the highest scoring team at in the league at 119.7 points per game. They put up a ton of points every night. And right now, Mike Brown is on the board at seven to one. I'm rooting for the Kings, number one, because I like that city and I like those fans. These teams that only have one team, small market teams, their fans are rabid. And I've been to the games in Sacramento. It's a lot of fun. It's a great city. And then number two, like Andy said, I got him at 80 to one. And um, he's at seven to one as we record. That's the best bet I have right now pending. And I won't know if that wins or not until june but if it does i am going to have a nice barbecue uh jameson over the course of this season what's really been working for you when when you go to the to the books at night yeah so there's a couple of things that work very well for me one looking at trends so for me if i see the betting public at 70 percent or more on one side or one item i go the opposite way uh perfect example this past friday the Nuggets played in L.A. versus the Clippers. Everyone had the Clippers. All the money was on the Clippers. Well, the Nuggets went out right. So those mm-hmm. are the things that I take a look at. And also, just watching basketball. Like, a lot of times, this stuff isn't as difficult as it seems to be. We know the Kings don't play defense. We also know the Kings have a very high-powered offense. Well, if you know they're playing a team like the Rockets that don't play defense and like to get up and down, you have a good feeling there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game. A lot of times this stuff is simple. I think a lot of times we overthink things. Uh, so sometimes just watching basketball and knowing, knowing what you're watching and seeing, you're able to make decisions based off of that. The Kings going over at home is a very, very, very nice bet to play. At home, they're normally playing a team that's on a back-to-back or at the end of a road trip, and they put up a lot of points in general. They're not great at defense. So – it's almost a perfect storm. So the Kings at home is a pretty good over. Whoever the Lakers play is usually a good over as well, just to keep a, a good eye on things. Yeah, it's uh, trends are uh, are a way that that sharp betters bet. And um, when all the money's coming in on one team, that makes the line move. This is the type of thing you hear from guys who know what they're doing. You know, I, I look at trends when I'm writing just to know which teams are clicking at which places. And it's it's interesting to note that the the best over or against the spread record in the entire NBA right now is by the Oklahoma City Thunder, who uh, are certainly a team we're going to be watching closely over the next couple of years because the, the the players they have, um, Shea Gilgis Alexander right now is having a spectacular season and he's the favorite for most improved. Uh, but I love Jalen Williams and I, I like Josh Giddy as well. I think he's actually not doing as well as I expected. And I'm excited to see Chet Holmgren and what this team grows into. Um, I've been to that city for the NBA Finals before. Again, the only game in town, the fans are rabid, but they've had just a lot of lean years. But right now, Oklahoma City and Indiana Pacers uh, have the best uh, against the spread records in the in the NBA. Indiana hitting at 59% and Oklahoma City at 62.8%. Um, right behind them is uh, the Boston Celtics again. And Andy, what about uh, the Boston Celtics and Jason Tatum? He's on the board as the third choice for MVP at uh, at plus four twenty five. Um, I happen to think that voters look at a guy who led an uh, a team that overachieved, and they give a little bit of a extra juice to a guy like that. Uh, we don't necessarily have that this season, and Tatum's odds are shorter than Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's now plus five hundred or five to one. 
You think there's value in Tatum at 425, Andy, or do you think otherwise? Actually, no. I think right now it's a two-man race between Luka and Jokic, and I think it's going to remain that way for the rest of the season. And I actually would play them both right now for MVP. I don't think Tatum has quite the impact on the game as Luka does and Jokic does, and I think he's being hurt by the fact that Jalen Brown's having such a big season. Keep in mind, Chris, when you have a second running mate, it hurts the Stars' MVP's chances. Curry won his first two MVPs before Durant got there. Durant won his lone MVP when Westbrook went down with an injury, and Westbrook won his lone MVP when Durant jumped to Golden State. Yeah, if I was going to pick out somebody with value, there's two guys I'd look at. One, you talk about a lot, Andy, although not so much you know, the last couple of weeks, but you've been saying, just keep an eye on Joel Embiid. He's... It, He's got what it takes to be to have an MVP season. We've seen that from him for the last couple of years. And, you know, he's on the board at an enticing price. It's just a matter of catching those two guys, like you said, uh, Luka Doncic and and Nikola Jokic. I don't see Jokic winning it because I don't think voters want to make him a three-time MB, uh, or three-time repeat MVP. There hasn't been a guy like that since Larry Bird. So to me, you know, there's another guy with sneaky value, but they, his team would have to keep doing what they're doing, and they go into the King Day games with a uh, a nine game winning streak, and that's John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. That team's 29 to 13 and tied for first place in the in the Western Conference. John Morant had a dunk last night that was like the you know it was certainly the dunk of the year, but we're only 15 days into the year. But it was a dunk contest worthy tomahawk thing. Jameson, what about you? Uh, when you look at the Memphis Grizzlies on a night to night basis. What are you looking for other than who's playing? With Jaron Jackson back in the lineup on a regular basis, you know they've been very consistent. And now Brandon Clark's come back, and we all remember what he did in the playoffs last year when they made a lot of noise. He was their best bench player. But when you're going to 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 make your wagers uh, for the night, um, and you you think about the Memphis Grizzlies, what are you looking for? You know, what's just your approach with that particular team? So for them, it's matchups and also. How many games have each team played in the last five days? A lot of times you get teams playing three games in four nights and four games in six nights. And where are they at with that? Because there's teams that will be resting guys. or be teams that will say, hey, the Grizzlies game is automatic L. We'll just rest guys. Or, hey, if we're down by 20 and a half, we'll just dial it back. And, you know, the Grizzlies are one of the best teams in the league. Like you mentioned, they are tied for first right now. And they haven't really been healthy the whole year. I mean, Bain is still not really healthy, even though he's still playing. Uh, but for me, it's overall matchups. Uh, that, to me, is a huge thing, is just looking at the matchups, seeing the trend of the teams both ways. Uh, but the one thing I have noticed is the Grizzlies really do play the bad teams very well. Like they pound the bad teams. When they get a bad team, they normally cover the spread. That's how good they are. Uh, the thing with them is when they play the really good teams, like when they play the um, – when they played Golden State on Christmas, you kind of saw them kind of revert back to some old tendencies. Uh, they really played a great brand of basketball. Everyone was betting on them, and the Warriors and I have stepped that night, and they got beat pretty handily. So those are things to kind of look at. But to me, it's, the matches are always key because nine times out of ten, they're going to be just as good, if not better, than their opponent, and they'll have a favorable matchups along the board. It's just a very few teams give them difficulties. Uh, but, you know, they're a very fun team to watch. I mean, Jaws a human highlight. He may have had the dunk of the year Saturday night, so it's always good to see. You're listening to Hoops and Hopes on iHeartRadio, sponsored by DraftKings. Jameson Welsh in Las Vegas. I want to turn back to you again on in on a uh, on the apps where you, in states where you can gamble online. 
there's a, a big push toward doing player parlays, uh, player point totals or assist totals, or I like to to uh, parlay a couple double doubles here, or maybe sometimes with a triple double there, just based upon trends that I'm seeing. But you have a different strategy when it comes to parlaying and looking at overs and unders and putting them on the same card together. What's like your strategy there and the max number of uh, of picks you'll put on a parlay card? I mean, honestly, Chris, it depends on the day. I mean, there's some days where I'll make sports. There's some days where, like, for instance, on a Sunday, you have on the West Coast, you have some early NBA games. You have a couple of playoff games that are left to be played tonight. If there's favorable matchups in both, why not? My favorite time of the year is November because all the sports are playing. You have NBA, you have you have a little bit of baseball left, you have NFL, you have college football, you have college basketball, you have hockey. So I like to combine all of them. But when it comes to NBA, um, honestly, it really just depends on the night. You never want to force the night. If you see two good things that stand out to you, stick to those two things. Don't try to get a four-teamer when only a two-teamer is there. I think a lot of people get greedy and try to get the overall picture of the ticket what it could be instead of taking the best two picks they have. Uh, so to me, it all depends on what the board is giving you. Sometimes the board is giving you the 17-footer. Take the 17-footer. You don't have to go to the hole all the time. Take the open shot. And I think that's a, a really good advice for people who are just beginning to gamble or who gamble all the time. Don't try to be a hero. You're not going to hit an eight-teamer. This is not how this works. Take what it gives you and live to fight another day instead of trying to hit a lottery ticket because then more, more times than not, it's not going to hit. That's good advice. Uh, Andy, again, you, you love futures markets and I'd like you to speak a little bit about uh, something we both know about. You spotted Lori marketing of the Utah jazz last summer playing really well for Finland at Eurobasket and, and bet him at a, at a great number. And you can tell that story, but I also want to ask you to segue into talking about uh, parlaying futures odds for multiple awards in the same sport and then multiple awards off uh, across multiple sports and how that sort of works into your gambling strategy. Yeah. Well, back to marketing. Um, I was watching the Euro baskets. He was already having a big tournament. He went off for 43 points. I looked at some of the Fillmore super impressed. I liked them in Cleveland last year. And I thought with the expanded role in Utah, he would have a chance for a breakout season. And sure enough, it happened. And I was fortunate enough to get him at 200 to one, but I also played Shea at nine to one. So uh, I'm in pretty good position there. And as far as parlaying awards, for example, I like Malcolm Brogdon right now with some value for sixth man of the year at four to one. I would parlay him with Doncic and with Jokic for MVP to increase the value. That's the way where you're not getting as much value. You can multiply the value there by parlaying it. And for example, I like Ben Matherin right now at 18 to one for sixth man of the year with Halliburton down increased role, more playing time. I think you'll see some big numbers from him. We got the all-star break coming up in about a month and DraftKings will have lines up on the three point shooting contest and the slam dunk contest and the game itself. And that's a fun weekend betting that game. That's like the one time when I will Jameson try to put together a, 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 a six or seven or eight uh, player card because the, those those games are just wild. I've been to about 22 of them, and you never know what you, to expect other than the fact that game is going to be wide open. And, and remember, they played different rules, like first 163, I think it was last year. Um, so all, the All-Star Saturday night, those events, you know, if John Morant's in the dunk contest, I might put $10 on him as soon as that goes up at whatever the, you know, whatever the number is, because I think right now he's the best in-game dunker in the NBA. 
something that Anthony Edwards of the uh, Timberwolves was considered last year. Andy, what's the, what player really has you kind of aside from Laurie Markman, of course? Uh, what what player has you sort of mesmerized this season watching the NBA? It's actually been Shea and Markman for Shea to go from a near All Star mm-hmm. to maybe a top 10, 15 player, averaging thirty one points a game, uh, leading actually a surprising Oklahoma City Thunder team. Really, think about it. Who'd have thought they would be competing for a playing spot? Well, I I looked tried to play them. Um, just to win the West, just or I wanted to, I, I wanted to put a flyer on somebody, and I put it on Sacramento at at eighty to one last week. And I wanted to. That was the night that uh, Oklahoma City came into Philly and beat up the Sixers. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put ten dollars on them to win the West, and that bet was not available. And you know, Jameson in, in Las Vegas, I, I think you can find pretty much any bet you want at any time. Um, what people in uh, in states where gambling has been legalized uh, are starting to to learn is that the bet you want to make may not be available at any given time. And that night, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder to win uh, to win the West was not on the board anywhere. And at the nine licensed U.S. sports books, and do you find that peculiar that that they wouldn't have a, even a price on it or or just have that up as a as a matter of course of, of doing business? That's pretty strange, but in the Sports betting business, we have a lot of strange scenarios, Chris. Yeah, the the it's a it's an evolving industry and it's a major massive industry. And um I want to caution people, don't don't think that the sports gambling ind- industry is dirty. I think the premise that it was 40, 50, 60 years ago is valid. Um even you know, 20 years ago when there were scandals in various sports. It, it 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 taints the games that are being played when when people cheat and but folks should know that the the U.S. law enforcement agencies watch this stuff very closely and if they see the line moving too hard one way or the other they take a close look and the regulatory agencies have have got to keep this uh, above board because there are a lot of jobs and there's a lot of money in this industry and it's paramount to the success of legalized sports gambling in the United States that everybody's playing according to the rules and. It'll be interesting as this industry evolves, whether there's, you know, whether there's stuff that they start looking at. And, and you know, I worked at ESPN through the Tim Donaghy st- scandal, and that was happening right under our, our noses, and we didn't sniff it. So, um, I, again, it's just part of the equation, and we'll never shy away from talking about stuff that may be a tad controversial or something that we thought, you know, swung the wrong way. But I don't see any trend toward that happening, and I've been covering this since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned PASPA, which is the Professional Amateur Sports Protection Act. That was the law that said you could only gamble on sports in Nevada, a little bit in Delaware, um, and it was overturned. And that said that let every state set their own rules. And New Jersey was first on board. Um, Ohio just came out on uh, January 1st of this year. Uh, West Virginia, they they saw how much money New Jersey was uh, making. They just copied and pasted New Jersey's law and made it the law in West Virginia. And you can bet on just about anything in New Jersey, but you can't bet on Rutgers or Seton Hall or any sports or college sports team that's located within New Jersey or any game that's played in New Jersey. Sometimes they play a game at the Meadowlands or at uh, in Atlantic City. That's the only thing that's illegal. Well, it's also illegal in West Virginia. And so <laughs> as the, the legalized sports gambling industry you know, moves forward, I, I don't think you'll see aberrations like that anymore, but there's always good stories. You know, when Delaware came online, I want to say it was four years ago, the governor of Delaware went in and, and put a bet. I think it was 10 bucks to win on the Phillies. The Phillies were playing that night and it was spring. 
And the next day I took my son down to Delaware and to show him what a sports book looked like, because they had put one up at one of the at Dover Downs racetrack. Um, and they put it up like overnight and it looked just like Vegas. And uh, my son had, he was 21. He had never seen anything like it before. I said, Hey, in Las Vegas, every place has got a board like this and it lights up. And like in March madness, people used to flock to Vegas and um, everybody would go out there for, for the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. And then that leads me Jameson to, to ask you what kind of crowds are you seeing in Vegas, different types of crowds. And is there a concern in the, uh, amongst the, uh, the, uh, the industry, the gambling industry in Las Vegas, that the, how the town has made its money is in jeopardy. And if so, what are they doing to pivot and make Vegas attractive in other ways? No, I mean, Vegas is still Vegas. Um, the thing that is key about Vegas is the limits. The limit you can bet on parlays and straight bets is still higher than everywhere else. And that's the key, as well as the comps and perks you get for gambling in Vegas. That's still top-notch. That's still something that, you know, DraftKings and the other, um, you know, the other companies have not quite figured out yet how to reward your, your customers with the loyalty programs. That's something that's still being figured out. So you still have a lot of people betting in Vegas and still doing what they do. Um, March Madness, the Elite Eight is out here this year in Vegas. They are, between the games and the betting, they're saying that this is going to be the busiest month in the history of Vegas in terms of travel this upcoming March. So it, Vegas is going to be fine. When it comes to gambling, March Madness, all that stuff, it's going to be fine. They have this documentary show. The only thing that's different now is that you don't see overcrowded sports books like you used to see. More people bet from their phone now, so they go and they either go to a kiosk or go deposit money on their app and then bet that way. That's the most common way you see now, but it's still busy. Like on a Sunday, like today, you'll still see a sports book that's pretty full because it's playoffs and whatnot, but mostly people are you know, depositing money on their phone and betting when they feel like it. And by the way, Chris, Go ahead, I think playing the futures market is akin to playing the stock market. Instead of buying stock in Google or Facebook, I buy stock in the Warriors, the Celtics, Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant, so on and so on. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to put some money out, out there at, at some point if you have discretionary funds and try to turn it into more money. Um, again, my strategy is to not buy a Big Mac meal. Um, I don't need it at 57 years old, although I like it. Um, and sometimes I'll keep that 10 bucks in my pocket and sometimes I'll put that $10 into DraftKings and I'll, I'll just see what I like on any given night based upon trends, based upon who's playing, which leads me to a piece of advice. One piece of advice I will give, if you like betting different games or different player props, please hold off until you see who's playing. There's a, a trend toward resting good players. That's it. it Look, the the NBA doesn't love it. Adam Stern didn't tolerate it, but Adam Silver does. And you got to know who's playing in any, on any given night. And there's guys being rested all the time or guys being uh, scratched. And you really don't know on the East Coast until about 10 to 7 or 7 o'clock. And on the West Coast, that's, you know, that's like 4 o'clock. And to me, like, if you're going to be betting games, make sure you know who's playing. That's just a natural, I got to be smart about this. Write it down on a piece of paper in the morning when you're looking. Here's what I like. And then come back and check a half hour before the game is going to tip off and see if the line has moved. And then wherever you get your information from, uh, see why that line has moved. Uh, again, it's just responsible and it's smart. Um, that's going to end it for our debut uh, episode of Hoops and Hopes. 
Again, we live on iHeartRadio, and you can subscribe at whatever place you get your podcasts. Um, and we'll take whatever type of feedback you can give us. Uh, hopefully, you guys grow to like this show, and you tell your friends, "Hey, check this out!" It's you know, you can get it on the iHeart app, or you can get it at the Apple Store or on iTunes, I should say. And uh, we're gonna have a uh, we we have to gear this up a little bit, but we're gonna have a bonus code that we're gonna be implementing in different ways. And again, that bonus code is hopes. And what it's going to bring you on any given night, we'll let you know when we broadcast on Mondays and Fridays. And with that, I'm going to thank Andy and Jameson for coming on. We'll be back at you this coming Friday to talk about what went down. We might even talk about a little football with the way uh, things have started in the NFL playoffs. Man, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, how about if you took them when they got off to that awful start? And you were a pretty happy gambler at the end of that one. So. Never give up at your hope and keep loving your hoops, folks. This is Chris Sheridan, and I'm going over and out.